I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life, and I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey friends, welcome to Heal Squad All-Stars, where you get to hear from our top guests. Think of it as a cheat sheet to a better you. All of the best takeaways from the top experts in one show. Have your notebooks out and get ready to heal, my friends. This edition of Heal Squad All-Stars starts now. Once we create that state of coherence, you can go in many directions. Uh, But the coherence is the common theme, the common denominator. So in 1991, scientists discovered uh, approximately 40,000 specialized uh, specialized cells in the human heart. And I'm hesitating here because when I say discovered, they'd always been there. They had just never been recognized. They were, they were sensory neurites. So these are, are neural cells, but they're not in the brain. They're in the heart. And they're concentrated in a way that actually creates a neural network like we have in the brain. But here's where it gets really interesting. The the neural network in the heart, it is independent of the cranial brain. So our heart's neural network, it thinks independently. It feels independently. It remembers independently. Our heart has its own memory. Uh, Just a a little aside, this is beginning to, to help Scientists understand, and, and you've probably heard this anecdotally, when, uh, when a recipient of a heart transplant uh, goes through the healing process, they will often take on characteristics of the person whose body their heart used to be inside of, of, of the donor. So this, I mean, this goes from diet. Uh, they'll begin to crave certain kinds of foods. A very famous story about... Uh, a woman in her 80s that received a heart, and she suddenly had a craving for a very specific kind of beer. It was Coors, Coors Light, <laughs> and uh, and red hot chili peppers that she'd never eaten in her life. And they did a little research, and the the male that she received the heart from, these were his favorite foods. Wow. But this even goes to sexual orientation. Uh, recipients of, of heart transplants have had a, a 180 in their sexual orientation, after the surgery that matches the sexual orientation of the donor. And, and these have always been anecdotal stories. You know, doctors say, huh, isn't that interesting? You know, next. And, yes. And now. Yes. Wait, wait, don't even go over that so quickly. That is something that I found so fascinating. My mom had stage four brain cancer. And anytime I brought them something outside of chemo and radiation, where I was like, hey, this, this seems to be working. This other thing we're doing, you should probably share this with patients. Like, yep, yep, great. And then moving on. Nobody wanted to no. look into it any further or try anything because this is the standard of care. This is what we do. And then by the, but the funny part is two and a half, three years later, they were doing all the things that I was doing. And then well, coming is, to me, like it was like this new discovery. I go, guys, I was telling you about this three years ago. Wait, what? This is the way, this is the way it happens. I think there is, uh, there is a concerted effort to cling to what's called the standard model of physics, the standard model of, of evolution, of human evolution and our origin, even though the science no longer, and the evidence no longer supports either 
uh, of those in the way that we have in the past. Well, so also that hasn't caught up to some of them. So when before we started with you, I was mentioning Wim Hof, who I'm sure you're very oh, yeah. familiar with. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I said before Wim Hof, you could not control the autonomic nervous system. Post Wim Hof, you can control the autonomic nervous system. Now there are probably many doctors and many scientists who, if you propose this idea now, years later, and said can you control the autonomic nervous system? They would tell you absolutely not, right? Because they haven't been so, exposed yeah, to sure. it yet. They don't even know Wim Hof exists, but there is a man out there named Wim Hof who has done it and is training training many, many people to do the same. So that's the same thing with this. You know, it hasn't. they haven't gotten to it. It, it is, and this is, it takes time. Well, in the past, it has taken time for this information to trickle into our community. What's happening now is the world is changing so fast, we don't have that time. So we can now take this information directly, well-researched in a very responsible, very professional manner, take it to those people that are open to it and that can make use of it. And for those that aren't ready for it, that's, that's okay because it's there when they need it. Uh, we all learn differently and we all learn at different paces. And, uh, and, and that's the beauty of the way we learn. So, so 1991, the neural network was discovered in the human heart. It thinks, feels, and remembers and experiences independently of the cranial brain, which right there goes a long way to help us understand why therapy sometimes is not, it, it can help, but it may not completely remedy experiences of trauma. Uh, I'm a survivor of uh, a childhood trauma, uh, alcoholic, very dysfunctional, alcoholic, abusive, alcoholic family. And, you know, I've, uh, there's a whole story we could go into on that. But I can speak firsthand from this that uh, simply thinking and trying to resolve from the brain uh, a deeply emotional traumatic experience often is incomplete. For the reasons that we talked about, the brain will always work in polarity. The brain will always see right and wrong, good and bad, worthy and not worthy, success and failure. So the heart doesn't see either one of those. So, so this discovery, 1991, it wasn't published until 1994 in a very famous journal. It's called Neurocardiology, which the title tells the whole story, Neurocardiology, <laughs> you know, brain cells and, and heart. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, dot com promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery, (laughs) you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show, or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. So what came from this uh, was the realization that these two organs, the heart and the brain, are separate, physically separate organs with physically separate neural networks that we as humans uniquely have the ability to harmonize at will, on demand, in the moment that we choose. We can take these two organs and harmonize them into a single potent system that brings uh, healing and longevity and resilience to our bodies. Now, I I always get some pushback on this from animal lovers, and they say, well, what about animals? Animals can do this by instinct. It's instinctual. It's not a conscious choice. We're the only form of life that can sit down in a moment in time and say, in this moment, I choose to harmonize my heart and my brain, creating what is called a state of coherence, a high level of coherence between the heart and the brain. And there are many benefits from doing that. 
I just mentioned some of them. We, uh, we strengthen our immune system by creating heart-brain coherence. Who doesn't want that, you know, in this day and age? We awaken longevity enzymes that we all have, but are often dormant uh, until we, we give them the environment to, to do what they're designed to do. So longevity enzymes. Resilience to stress. We're all under stress in ways that we don't even know right now. Uh, and, and these are, are the passive benefits. Now, there are active benefits. Once you create that heart-brain coherence, you can actively enter into deep states of intuition, uh, deep intuition on demand. So we've all experienced intuition spontaneously. So you, you think about calling somebody and you go to pick up the phone to call them and they're already on the phone. That, that's spontaneous intuition. The question is, can you repeat that five minutes later? And the act of trying to do it will probably prevent you from having the experience because it's no longer intuitive. Now it's, it's a conscious act. So, th so the question is, how do we access these miraculous states of intuition on demand? Heart-brain coherence is the foundation. Once you're in that state of coherence, it's like, what will I do with my coherence? Door number one, door number two, door number three, you know, will I access deep states of intuition? Will I access deep states of cognition or deep states of memory and recall? Uh, so the ability to access this state is, is the, the foundation. And then all these things we can do. We have classes where we train people in the deep states of, of cognition and recall and memory. And these are the kinds of things any of our viewers that ever watched any of the Jason Bourne movies <laughs> uh, with Matt Damon. I mean, this is Jason Bourne stuff. And they use this in, um, in the special ops where an individual can walk into a room. Their eyes have seen the whole room. And then they leave. Your eyes have seen it. The question is, can you recall what you have seen? To an untrained person, typically it's difficult. But once you train through this coherence to allow yourself to access the memory that your, your brain has just created, then you can, you can tell exactly how many electrical outlets are there, how many pictures on the wall, how many lights on the ceiling, you know, uh, all this stuff. So all this different applications from the same technique of heart-brain coherence, this is where access to the, the healing of our body becomes so potent. Because when you're in the state of coherence now, not only are you visualizing, but you're feeling the feeling and giving thanks of gratitude for the healing that has already occurred, just like the rain that has already occurred in your body. So here's what your body does. I'll, I'll just paraphrase your, the cells in your body. Your body is, is saying, oh, I'm getting a signal of gratitude for the healing. I better, I better get in gear and create the healing because, because we're, we are giving thanks creating a condition and there's a chemical equivalent to that there's a chemical component to that and so your body begins to create the chemistry that matches that gratitude that matches that appreciation for whatever it is that you're thinking or visualizing and i i've done this so many times in my like i continue to do it um and it, it's like a muscle maria the more you do it it becomes almost second nature and for some people and people said this to me, they feel like they're lying to themselves. If they give thanks for the healing, but the doctor tells them they're sick, they say, well, am, am I being honest with myself? And the answer is, 
you are being so profoundly honest on a level that is so much deeper than what the doctor is looking at. At a very young age, I became very aware of sexuality and I was very uncomfortable with it. And so that was my root trauma, right? And so fast forward, I'm saving myself for marriage, all these other things. But, and while those things were nice, when I go back, they were not cemented from a place of deep, right? Like love and religious wanting. It was cemented from a place of fear and needing to control outside factors, right? And so when my client came to me and I we would go and heal the trauma, and let me just clarify, trauma can be a capital T, which is a sexual assault, a lowercase t. Life is trauma, right? Like growing up with your parents, even if you're in a healthy family, there's always lowercase t trauma. Um, and so my clients would come and say, can we heal this? But then two months later, something similar would happen. And I was like, well, if we healed you, then the trauma shouldn't be reoccurring again. To made me realize I have, we have to go back to the initial source. Why is the trauma happening? And we have to heal you from the initial trauma. And then it should never happen again. Is that what you found have, yes. it didn't happen anymore? No. So how do you get to that source? Right. And so that's really what that's I- a lot of investigating. Yeah. That's what I created with my clients. Um, and that's really what I've created. And it's funny, again, since I was a really little girl, I my dad used to make me read Sherlock Holmes, mystery novels- movies. I always had to, he would figure it out within minutes. When I tell you, I remember I was like, I'm going to get him unusual suspect. He recognized Kevin Spacey's voice. Sorry if you haven't seen it, I just ruined the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he recognized Kevin Spacey's voice in the opening scene. And he was like, what do you mean it's Kevin Spacey? And I was like, what? Like nobody gets this movie. You're blown away in the last scene. And so I've been trained since I was a child. You have to figure out the ending. And I remember the movie Looper. But that was even with vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. I remember the movie Looper. And I remember like about 25 minutes into the movie, leading over to my friend and telling her the entire ending of the movie and her being mm -hmm. like, what? Yeah. And then I think that comes also from potentially being in lots of dangerous situations. For me, I can predict everything. Right. So I'll tell my husband, and he's like, how the hell do you know whether we're in a business meeting and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to do X, Y, and Z, or I'm watching a movie or a TV show. Yes. I can predict everything that's happening. I know the words to songs that are brand new that come on the radio. Yep. I can just tap right in. Yep. And so, but I think that comes from a place of- Tremendous trauma. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're yeah. talking about somebody who has a 93% hearing loss. Mm -hmm. I mean, since I was a little girl- Yeah, you had to be afraid. You had to, you had to anticipate- Yes. Is that person going to hurt me? Am That's I going to exactly get hurt right. crossing the street? Yes. It's tremendous yeah. trauma. Tremendous yeah. trauma. And so, yeah. And so now it has really given me the ability to, when my clients come to me, um, like I had a client who, he's a 50. He's had insomnia since, I think he was seven, seven or nine, I can't remember. Has not left since he was nine years old. Or has, but right, not to the degree with which he would like. And a friend of mine uh, who worked with him was like, she is going to heal you. And I remember thinking, pressure. That, yeah. So he came and we really just started going. 
And Sorry, again, guys, Winnie's being very bratty. She's <laughs> wanting to either play with you or she's just being a brat. Sorry. In case nobody knew she was here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see her. But if you're listening, I didn't really announce her. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, please. Um, so I remember human beings we think were, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I remember when economics decided by the human beings are, in fact, all rational. Everything has to make sense. So when someone telling me a story, if it doesn't make sense, you're either lying to me, you're lying to yourself, or there's a piece of information that you don't have, right? But human beings are just giant. I always tell people, it was your mom in the closet and she she hit you with a chandelier, right? Like everything has to add up. And so when people start giving me information, it can only be a finite number of options. So mm -hmm. with this client, for instance, he started telling me about his family and his life and the way he described his father was not possible. The man he described could not exist. Right? Talk about Too a vacuum. Perfect. No. Oh. By virtue of having certain personality and certain uh, character traits, you cannot embody others. Two things cannot coexist at one time. Do you understand? If someone's like aggressive and loud, they're not going to be really sweet and quiet. Mm. Right? If someone's really afraid, they're not going to go and pick up hitch hitchhikers on the road. Right? Those two things cannot coexist. So if you describe someone who is tremendously fearful all the time, but run, runs around and picks up hitchhikers and tries to give them rides, the, that person cannot exist or they're just schizophrenic, right? Mm -hmm. But it, those two things cannot exist together. And so what happened over time was, and the other thing is, once I figure out what your trauma is, if you haven't figured it out, I will, I will lead you there, but I will not tell you. Um, and so I remember he called me about three months in and he said, when did you figure it out? And I, I said, I figured it out probably about a month ago. And he said, I called my mother and she verified it. And I said, I'm really sorry. His father had been sexually assaulting him and he blocked the whole thing out. Wow. And he created two, right? Two different people. Two different people. And his mother never told, like they all knew, no one told him. They just hoped that he would just never. And he, yeah. Understand. And he just stopped sleeping. Wow. Yeah. This is like, it's funny. I've done some hypnotherapy, but it's not like this. No. And um, this is really, sounds like so healing. It is. I mean, that was really, I spent my entire life wanting real healing for myself. And people just saying to me, life is hard, right? Like, you can't heal. And I was like, that's. That is unreasonable and that's not fair. We we are all here here to heal. And I tell my clients, that doesn't mean that life isn't painful, right? Babies cry. Pain is a basic and fundamental emotion. So if you experience something that's incredibly painful, 100%. We're not here to be stoic and just be like, oh, everything's amazing all the time. Yeah. But you are not here to have triggers, get angry, right? Fearful, all those other emotions. No. You should be able to exist in a life where you feel your emotions and then they pass through you and you move on. And that that's life. That's what that is the goal for me. Have you ever had <clears throat> a client that you weren't able to heal? One. Um but and I Do I they not want to heal? Well, yeah, well, she didn't want to heal, but it's and I realize this for my own self. I could not heal in a way that I I always say my dad's greatest gift to me was passing. Um, I couldn't, he was so much larger than I was. And he, 
if I had told him about regressive neurotherapy, he would have laughed in my face. I mean, you're talking about a man that needed scientific evidence for everything and had a perfect photographic memory. So had also read everything there was to read. So you would say something and he would say back to you, I read that already and that's factually incorrect, right? <laughs> like, and so regressive neurotherapy is, or when I started out, was just this like esoteric, I don't know where I'm going, but it's going to be amazing type of thing um, that he just would have grounded me in a way that I, I would not, I would have been afraid to take off. And so one of my clients who came to me, her father is world famous and arguably one of the greatest minds of the 22nd, uh, 21st century. Um, and she could not get out of his shadow. And I just, I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm going to try. And I told her, but I remember being like, Unfortunately, I don't know if you're going to be able to get to where you want to until he passes. And it was really sad for both of us. But she really understood that. Um, parents just, you know, sometimes they're just harder than life, literally. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Did he pass? No. Thank God. He's still with us. And I, you know, she's always welcome to come back. Uh, and I I really helped her. But the level of healing that she wants, I genuinely don't know if it's possible. Wow. How are you integrating the coaching into mm -hmm. this? Yes. So now, regardless, if people only want, for instance, one uh, hypnotherapy session, this is what I do. Um, I will, I ask, I break up your life into nine parts. Um, and then I go through this with every single person. And then depending on where you want to go afterwards, I go different routes. I'll just tell you the nine parts. So I break up your life into emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, family, financial, career, social, and time. Mm. And then I believe basically you are a Venn diagram and you have all those bubbles sticking out of you. And I say, I ask you basically to go through each of those nine categories and tell me about your desire. Because I believe that desire, which is the want for something in your life, is actually God talking to you. That every time you get a desire, it's God saying to you, you want this, I'm speaking to you. So once someone said to me that, well, what if you have an unhealthy desire? I would actually have to go back to the root of what you think you're going to gain from that unhealthy desire, right? And you might come to love or hope, right? So even if you have an unhealthy desire, I would say to someone, follow the trail of what you think that desire is going to give to you. Because that desire it just, if it's being somehow reprogrammed as unhealthy, it's still coming from a, I'm, I'm saying kosher, but the right, a pure source, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get a little bit blocked and so we rewrite the desire, but the source is actually pure. And so anytime you have a desire, if you feel that it's inappropriate, follow the trail of what the emotion you're hoping to get or the purest source of that desire and it will reroute you. But going back to the nine points, desire is the name of the game. And so what I say to people is, in those nine categories, what is your desire to change? Are there any desires? And then we break down your life and we say, according to the desire that you have to change, maybe it's all nine categories, maybe it's only one. And then I follow that trail because the desires will lead me to the root of your trauma. Because it's what you're missing. That's exactly right.
My threat detector looks at the database and says, ooh, that's familiar. Maybe my cousin got eaten by a lion. Maybe I was attacked by a lion previously. Maybe my ancestors were attacked by lions. And my, my threat detector says, how far away is the lion? And if it says, or if it decides, you know what, it's far enough away that we can do something, in a millisecond, it calls in our sympathetic nervous system. And instead of this system standing at our side, it stands in front of us. The system's 300 million years old, just to give you a sense of how adaptive and powerful it is. And when we're here, a lot of people spend time in the state. It's all about the doing. So my system is going to get amped up. My system is saying, I have to get away from this theoretical lion, let's say. So when we're here, our heart rate increases. Uh, We open up something called our vagal break, which allows blood to rush to our hearts and heart rate really increases. Everything in our body that is not necessary for survival begins to shut down. So our thinking brain starts to shut down because if I'm running from a lion, do I need to learn a new language or philosophize about existence? Of course not. And brains take a lot of energy. So we shut that off. This is why when you're here, if you try to read something, you might read an email six times and you're like, what am I reading? That's because your prefrontal cortex isn't working. So we shut that off because we need that extra energy for survival. Our, our immune system, do we need that to function? Like, no, who cares about a cold? Shut that down. Our GI tract, do we need that functioning? No way. Who needs to digest the berries I just ate? We need to survive. And all of that extra energy goes to mobilizing, if that makes sense. So this is all mm-hmm. about the uh, more tension in our bodies, we will be able to run or fight uh, as as much or as fast as possible when we are in this state. And there's an overabundance of energy in our bodies when we are here, because it's all about the doing. And if that state helped us in the past, meaning we were able to get out of situations in the past, our nervous system is going to say, that state works. That's going to help us because the world isn't safe, perhaps, to me. So I might find myself living in this this state of self-protection, this sympathetic nervous system. So that's one of the states of self-protection. We have two others. Another is called our dorsal vagal complex. And this is where we go when the threat detector decides what is occurring is more than just dangerous. I think it might be life-threatening for us, meaning I can't get away from that and I can't fight it. Many of us had childhoods where, you know, maybe our homes weren't safe environments, school weren't safe environments, just doesn't, of course, just have to be from a childhood. But if that was the case, our system says, I can't get away from that and I can't fight that for you. But what I can do, my dear, which I think is so loving, it says, I can help you to leave your body so you don't have to feel the perpetual pain of what we can't stop. I just think like I I was in this state for a couple of decades myself and I think like, wow, When I learned the neuroscience behind that, it was so powerful to me because I was so let down by human beings. And to know Mm. this within me never let me down is just really remarkable. So when we go here, this state is like a bear in hibernation. It's our most intensive state of dysregulation. It's 500 million years old. But uh, it doesn't look like a lot because it's all about energy conservation. So think about a bear going into hibernation. Everything is shutting down. So this is where apathy, hopelessness, depression, dissociation, feeling in a funk, disconnected, I feel incapable or unable, I feel kind of numb, all of that is happening in this state. And I think it's really cool. Every mammal has this autonomic nervous system, but uh, even like the antelope that's going to be eaten by the lion, let's say, I mean, I could give myself to continue the analogy, but let's call it an antelope. Its system will go into dorsal so that it doesn't have to feel the pain of getting eaten alive. I think that's just like a really remarkable thing. It's really 
fascinating to me. So uh, that state, if I needed that in the past, my system's going to resource that in my present life. And then we have one more state that's called freeze. Now, freeze is our state of another state of self-protection. And we go, uh, this state is equal parts, our sympathetic nervous system and our dorsal vagal complex coming together. So that's two equal and opposite forces. One is saying I have to, lots of energy. And the other is an equal amount of shutting down energy. So when two equal and opposite forces come together like this, they render us stuck. So I like to think of this as having so much energy inside, but being trapped in it. So it's, I have to, but I can't, I have to, but I can't, I have to, but I can't. I have all this energy inside, but I'm trapped in it and I can't seem to move. Think like a deer in headlights. And so what occurs is, let's say I have all of these past traumas where it wasn't safe to use my voice. It wasn't safe to be seen. I I was made to feel like I didn't belong. Anytime anything has any flavoring at all of those past experiences, any flavoring, then what's going to happen is my threat detector is going to say, That in my present life is like what's in the receptacle of information. What did we need to do then? We're going to do the same thing now. All in a millisecond. We don't have any control over that because it's uh, subconscious, the threat detector. And so for many of us, if we've got a lot of traumas in that receptacle of past information, anytime something has a similar flavoring in our adult lives occurs, our nervous system is going to protect us in the form of this active self-protection. So it's it's so important to understand not only because we can't change what we don't know, but also because so many people have been made to feel like something is wrong with them. They're broken. They're dysfunctional. And in fact, the opposite is true. Neuroscience shows us that there's nothing dysfunctional about our systems whatsoever. They are incredibly intelligent. They are communicating to every cell and organ in our bodies when we are regulated or dysregulated. Um, And I think that's just important to name because it's so common to feel that way. That makes sense. Okay. I get it all. Um, And I think, yeah, we all react in different ways. And I, and I think for our listeners, you know, I think everyone's pretty much hearing clearly that something happens in our bodies that we really can't control based on our past traumas. And I think all the reactions are different. Um, and I know Kelsey, you were responding. There's a test that you give to Sarah, right? You give it on your website. And I, not that I failed the test. I had a difficult time taking the test. And it was hard. The questions were hard. I want to go over that with you. And Mm -hmm. I, then I said, okay, well, let me just take it from Maria. And then (laughs) that was hard as well. So let's, can you tell us a little about the test, Sarah, first? Then I want to have Kelsey, because Kelsey actually went through the test yeah. and the where she ended up, and then what do we do with Kelsey? And then I'll tell you where I was struggling with the test myself. Mm-hmm. So I have a, it's like a, it's a quiz. Um, and it's not a quiz where for anyone listening, some of, some of us have a threat detector that says test quiz. Yeah, you're oh, right. You're right. Sorry. You're right. I get shut down. Just like, yeah. that's like a nervous survey thing. quiz. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Uh, But anyway, the whole point is the point of creating that is because we all have a specific state in our nervous system that we tend to hang out in the most, meaning we're most familiar, most familiar to us. That is to say, we also can have combinations. Like in my relationships, I might go into my sympathetic nervous system. In my purpose, I might go into my state of freeze. So there can be a variety, but we all tend to have a predominant state that we hang out in. So the reason I created this quiz is because um, it's really important to gain an understanding of where do I hang out in my nervous system? And then we need to know what to do 
that's the second part of this. Like Mm -hmm. it's nice to know information, but that is not going to regulate your nervous system or resolve trauma or make you feel better in your life. So the way that we regulate out of each state is different, which we can talk about. So the reason I created this quiz is so we can understand where do I hang out most in my nervous system? And then how do I talk to that state in a way it understands so that I can come into regulation? That's the purpose of the quiz. Sarah, can you explain the difference between like the six states and then what you were just talking about? Like the, the big kind of three, the dorsal, the, yeah. like, what's the difference between those? Mm-hmm. So those are part, those are, uh, I, I gave you the predominant four states in your nervous system. So ventral state of regulation. Then we have, we actually have three states of regulation. So ventral, then we have something called play. Play is a state where we're predominantly anchored in ventral, but we have like, think of it like a splash of sympathetic. And the reason why we want that is because we want variety to regulation. Like there's sometimes where I'm, you know, I have, was having my cup of coffee this morning, sitting with my dogs. I was just in ventral, but there might be times where I am, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm dancing or playing games with friends or uh, telling a joke to somebody or being silly where I need more energy. So it's not just this like more level, you know, leveled out ventral. It has bursts of energy to it. So in order to have that occur, we need a little bit of of sympathetic energy because sympathetic really is just mobilization. So play is what's called a blended state, predominantly anchored in ventral with a little splash of sympathetic. There's a third state of regulation called stillness. Very, very important. And by the way, play and stillness are so important for uh, a whole life. Because in order to, just to name this, in order to learn, because people are probably like, play, I don't, I don't really like to play. What's the point of play? Um, play, the state of play, is how we actually learn new things. So play allows us to make mistakes, get things wrong, to not have self judgment, to try things on. And if we're going to, take steps in our lives, it's really important that we have the ability to do that. And play is what facilitates that. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.